0: good to be home. I missed you all. For those of you that maybe don't know, I was gone for a couple of weeks um, teaching in the UK. And um, they, at some point, we'll figure out a way to give a report to you. But the churches there were so um, deeply blessed by hearing stories of Gold Avenue. Some of them said, we feel like we know your church. And they love. Gold Avenue, um, and even so much they are praying that the Holy Spirit would just fall afresh on each one of our members. And so um, even as we prayed for them, they're praying for us. And so uh, what a gift and what a blessing. Now, um, we're going to be in Luke 12, continuing our series and starting with verse 35. So Luke 12:35. 1620, and I just want to put in a plug for um, having our sermons online. I was able to listen last Sunday um, evening to the message from last week on Don't Worry, and it was a wonderful and timely message over while I was across the pond, they say. So um, anyway, if you ever happen to miss a service, you can listen to them online. Now, uh, Luke 12 Beginning with verse 35. Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning, like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect Him. I'm just going to push pause there a minute. I'm just going to explain that, what just was said. Um, just like we don't know when a thief is going to break in, we don't know when Jesus is coming back. And so, be ready. All right, verse 41. Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? And remember, He's got the disciples, and then there's the um, religious leaders, and then there's the crowd that has been following Jesus. So it's a mixed group of people. We can't see them because we're not there, but we need to remember who all's there. And so Peter's saying, who are you telling this um, story to, this parable? And the Lord answered, who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? it will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, my master is taking a long time in coming, and he then begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and in an hour he is not aware of, he will cut him to pieces and assign him to a place with the unbelievers. The servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know And does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. So this is our passage of scripture. A beautiful, beautiful message from the Lord that I was so grateful to be reflecting on this week thinking about watching and waiting and wanting to come home. We need to define the relationship a little bit. And you'll just have to bear with me with some of my illustrations this week. But this week has been a chicken noodle soup kind of week and thinking about everything that I liked when I was little. And so, um, Brady Bunch was one of the shows and maybe for the younger ones maybe you saw some reruns on nick at night or something or maybe you don't know about brady bunch but anyway brady bunch was this happy family that had this housekeeper alice and alice was a beloved part of the family really even though she was there to serve she was very loved well when we read this passage about servants and a master. Because of the context in North America with slavery and the atrocities that happened with that, Um, when we read about anything that has to do with slave and master, we immediately think about that horrible relationship of somebody owning somebody else. But really, this is um, more the terminology of a bond servant, somebody who was in debt, and um, because they couldn't pay, they um, put themselves in the service of somebody that actually was quite kind to them and gave them work. And so this is kind of the relationship that the Lord is saying when he's talking about being dressed because there's a master that's coming back. And so in this picture, it's um, kind of a picture. Uh, Remember, Jesus is on his way to the cross, and so he's preparing people for his death and resurrection. He's also preparing us because he ascended. He's also going to return. And so we can look at this in this passage in all these kinds of ways. And so thinking about his faithful, he's looking for a faithful people that are watching because he's going to return. And he's telling us how to live. And that's what these last um, couple of chapters have been talking about, right living. Now, um, why would people that are supposed to be watching and waiting faithfully, looking for the master to return, Why would they all of a sudden start drinking and getting drunk and beating each other up? Well, when hope starts to wane, um, sometimes you kind of get despairing. And so Jesus knows that this is going to be a long time and the master's coming back. But people start to sometimes lose hope when it gets longer. Now, if Alice, the housekeeper in the Brady Bunch, if if, um, the parents said, we're going out, but we'll come back later, we're just going to a wedding, we'll be back later tonight, Alice would have been watching. And it might have been 9 o'clock, it might have been 10 o'clock, but certainly by midnight or 1 o'clock, she would expect the parents to come home. Well, in the culture of the day when the Bible was written, um, these marriage ceremonies lasted days, so it was longer than any of our wedding ceremonies ever last. But anyway, but there would be this tendency that what if they didn't come back? What if they didn't come back? Or what if it was getting longer and later and you, has anybody ever babysat and tried to stay awake until they get home? Uh, you know, or maybe you're a parent and you've waited for somebody, one of your kids to come home and you're like, uh, it's getting late and you're watching and you're watching and waiting for them to come back. Well, sometimes, when people don't come back when they're, you're expecting them, you start to lose that hope. And I think that that's why Jesus actually put the people to work and gave them things to do because it's not good to be idle um, because you can get yourself into all kinds of trouble. So he gives his kids some work to do. He says, watch, be ready for me to come back. But sometimes when that's delayed longer than you expect, hope can start to wane. Now, um, this whole section, uh, the, you know, from 42 on, can seem, when we read it, kind of harsh. And you might think, no, he's a loving God, and why is he talking about cutting people up and blows and, you know, this kind of violent, it sounds violent to us. And it is. It is violent. What I want to say and what I want to remind you of is that God is a merciful and he's a just God. And we diminish, we forget the severity and the, um, the atrocity of sin. The wages of sin is death. And so any punishment less than death is grace. It's mercy. Is that making sense to you? It's also written to a context where their punishment was um, very physical. They didn't have the prison system that we have, or for, you know, parenting now we do time out. A lot of people do time out instead of spanking. So let's not get hung up too much on exactly what he's talking about, but he's talking about um, punishment that will come because he's a just God. And when he gives instructions, he expects them to be obeyed. And so we're supposed to be watching, And we're supposed to be loving each other and caring for each other. Those were the instructions that he gave the slaves that the master would be coming but be watching and be caring for each other. Let me see if I've... mm, On verse 46, I just want you to note that um, the one who is rejected along with the unbelievers, it's actually that their behavior confirms that they never really were a believer. And so rejection and being put off with the unbelievers in a final judgment is um, just a confirmation that you never were a believer, and your actions show it. And so um, that is not any kind of an indication that you could lose your salvation if you're a believer. The whole goal of grace, as one um, interpreter said, is to create a people who are faithful and zealous in service. And so God gives us his grace that we can be his children, that we can be his servants. He gives us work to do, and it's to make us grateful. And we are so grateful that he paid our debt on the cross, and we're celebrating Jesus' death on the cross today with communion. When we think about Judgment Day, sometimes people think, well, I don't like to think about that. Well, we need to realize that um, God is a God who lays out instructions, and there's also consequences, and that's what makes him just. And anybody who's ever had something horrible happen, you want justice, right? When something bad happens in our community, we think we want justice, and so... The Lord is not a government. His kingdom is not a government that just springs up rules on us. He lays it out for us very clearly. So that it's not like a corrupt government that just makes the rules up as they go along. All right. So, all that about judgment. It's about a master coming home. And he's wanting his servants, his people, to be watchful and waiting for him. No one wants to come home to a homecoming that's chaotic. And so he describes a very dysfunctional, chaotic setting where people are drunk, where they've been beating on each other, where there's all this fighting going on, whereas he wanted to come home to an orderly home. He wanted to come back. The master wants to come back to a place where there's love and there's peace and there's order. There's not chaos I watched, you're not even going to believe this, but I watched some country um, music videos this week. Uh, And, you know, if you ever want to get sad about anything, watch a country music video about longing for somebody to come home. But I watched some about soldiers coming home. And, you know, when soldiers come home, what's kept them going a lot of times is the vision of this family that they love that they're going to come back to. And what a beautiful thing when they come back Some of the country music was about this beautiful reuniting of, you know, everything's just the way they thought it would be and their spouse was waiting for them. Their children were so eager and all that. But sometimes you see the sad country music videos where, you know, the spouse, you know, thought they weren't coming home and moved on and the kids are a mess and everything's broken. Well, the Lord is saying that he's looking for a people that will be faithful and that his church will not be in chaos when he comes back. We're supposed to be loving and orderly and caring for each other um, because we're representing his love to one another while he's gone. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 35 and 36 Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning, like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. And so keeping that oil burning. And remember a few weeks ago we talked about let your light shine, and it was this little oil lamp. It didn't hold much oil, so you had to keep refilling it. And so as we're watching for the Lord to come back, the way we keep our light shining is to keep being filled by the Holy Spirit, keep being filled by the Holy Spirit, keep on looking for the Lord. When things are hard, what do we do? Do we just start to despair? No, we need to look to the Lord and we need to keep thinking about Jesus is coming back and we keep asking to be filled with the Holy Spirit and keep our lamps shining brightly as we're watching for him. Do you guys ever look up at the sky and just think, Jesus, are you coming today? Or maybe you even say, would you please come today? Yeah? We need to keep that watchful waiting. The verb tense in this, be dressed, keep your lamps burning, is the idea of constantly. Be constantly dressed. Be constantly keeping your light burning. And when I thought about a faithful waiting and watching I thought about marriage, that picture of marriage, and I found this picture of this groom. And, you know, don't you know, maybe, Neil, maybe you can testify this, that you're just watching and you're waiting for that time when your bride is coming, right? You are excited, and there's nothing that's going to keep your eyes distracted because you are waiting. This is the idea of keeping our eyes constantly waiting on Jesus for his return John 14:3, he says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. And so the idea that his promise is faithful, the one who's promised to come back, the master who will come back, we can be absolutely confident that he's coming. We just don't know when, but our hope is sure. So again, another thing that I loved was the, this movie, you know? All right. So I'm thinking, well, what would be a picture of watching and waiting and living ready and expecting somebody to come back? And I thought about when finally um, Julie Andrews and that man decided that they were going to, she was the nanny, and they were going to get married, and then the children prepared a song, and they were all ready, and they were watching for when they came back, and there was this beautiful performance, and they, remember that? Does anybody, Yeah. Yeah, so living ready. Think about it as a church. Are we living ready? Are we kind of like the kids in the movie, you know, that we're working together and we're preparing for Jesus' return and we're watching for that day when he comes back? Are we loving each other well? Are we serving each other faithfully even in his absence? And I thought about In the last few weeks, there's been so much sickness, right? There's been a lot of people that have just had difficulties. Are we loving each other well? Are we sending little notes of encouragement to each other? Are we checking in to see, you know, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? You know, Ryan, you, for a while, you had to be away from us. You know, do you know that we love you? Do you know that, did you know that we missed you, you know? You didn't know that? Let's love each other better, you guys. Right? I look and I see Kyle. Kyle, I'm so glad to see you today. Alita, so glad to see you today. We miss each other. When we're not together, we miss each other. Right? Are we loving each other well? Are we praying for Mary's grandson, Betty? You know, it was hard to be away on the other side of the felt like the other side of the world. It wasn't really. It was just partway around the world. But, you know, when I hear that you had to go by ambulance and leave church last Sunday, I wanted to be here. And I was praying that there were some people, and I heard there were, the people that love you and care for you, you know, Tricia. People went and visited, and people have been praying. We've been praying for each other. This is what we do to show love and concern for one another because we're representing Jesus to each other until he comes back. Gosh, I'm crying. Well, bear with me. This is just what pastors do sometimes as we leak. All right. Is my greatest concern and my highest priority fulfilling my master's command? This is a question that I ask us. Is it our highest priority that we are watching and that we are um, aware that Jesus asked us to go and make disciples and baptize them. And so as we're waiting for Jesus, is it our highest priority that we're thinking about, not only those of us that are in this congregation, but we're thinking about the west side? Are we watching? Are we praying? Are we faithful to what Jesus has asked us to do as we're walking, as we're driving, as we're riding the bus? Are we thinking about our neighbors? As I drove here today past some ladies' Wave to them. Pray. Lord, bless them. Lord, if they don't know you, help, help us or help somebody to reach out with the gospel. Are we praying for people? Are we looking for opportunities to share the good news of Jesus? Because there is a Savior who's coming back. Just briefly, I was so happy to be reunited with my family. And I'm so happy to be reunited with my church family this morning. This past week has been difficult, and I realized that maybe I should have communicated more. I just really wasn't quite sure how to handle it. But um, I got sick when I was across the pond, and I came down with pneumonia. And so I, um, I have had a lot of time to think about wanting to be reunited, because when you're sick and far away from home, you really just want to be home. And so I really, really just wanted to be home. By Friday night, I spent all weekend in the bed, went to the hospital over there on Monday because of the concern that people had about whether I had a blood clot or whether I had pneumonia or I had the flu. What did, I, what did Pastor Gina have? You know, it kept me going that I got these text messages from my husband that would say, how are you doing? Or Pastor Dave would check in, you know, how can we pray for you? Knowing that Rebecca was sending out some updates to say, you know, Pastor Gina's sick, needs prayer. I wanted to be home, and it kept me going to think that I was going to get to go home. But you know that that longing—I was longing to be home. My family and friends were longing for me to be home, and wanting to be reunited. But it seemed like it took forever to get home. It was like 20-some 20 hours, 24 hours by the time I was awake and got through all those airports and all that stuff to get to Detroit and have that snowstorm and have the flight canceled. I could not get to Grand Rapids. No way. I am like, you've got to be kidding me. And at that point it's just like, I want to be home, I want to be home, I want to, I want to be home. People were bringing meals to Dane and Brennan, and they're texting me, and my daughter's texting me, and I'm saying, I can't make it home. I just want to be home. It was so great to be welcomed home, you guys. And when I got home, all I wanted to do was collapse in the chair, and Dane made me chicken noodle soup, and uh, I slept a lot, and it's been a rough week. But you know what? It was great to be reunited. Jesus is coming back. And he's not coming back weak. And he's not coming back sick. And he's not coming back to be served. He's coming back. Listen to this. He says, It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, he will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. This is a master. They, the commentary said a bridegroom might, you know, because, all right, let's just say Brendan and Jalisa got married, which they did, all right? So you might expect, even though the culture was that the women would serve the men, you might expect within a marriage situation and a new bridegroom that the bridegroom might serve the bride. But it was unbelievable that a master would serve a servant. And this is the picture of Jesus coming back for us because he loves us so much. He loves us so much that it's his joy. It's his delight. I feel like even as I was driving down here this morning, I started thinking about it, and I started thinking, Jesus knows what we're going through. Every difficulty, every challenge that we go through, I believe he's on the other side of wherever he is right now and just watching and wanting to come back. And I think when he gets back, it's going to be his delight. He's going to be like, thank you for being faithful. Thank you for watching for me. Thank you for loving each other so well. And he's going to take those robes, and get them dressed. It's it's like this lounge robe that they would tuck up when they were going to work. And he's going to say, you've been through a hard time here. Come, come to this table. Come to the table and let me serve you. Let me serve you. Jesus is waiting to come back and serve us. So he knows whatever it is that made Neil not want to get up for a while in his life, and he knows whatever it is that maybe is difficult in your life. And he's saying, keep watch. That's all you got to do. Keep watch because I'm coming back. And he doesn't leave us as orphans. Today, he gives us his Holy Spirit and through this table to strengthen us, to meet us, to help us, to be able to watch because he is coming back and our hope is sure because Jesus is faithful.